where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello there, and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. I'm James. And I'm John. And today we're looking at the episode A Ditch in Time, aired on the 20th of December, 1984. Approaching Christmas, isn't it, John? Yeah, it's getting chilly in the Boston bar this time as we uh, take a step into December. It's an interesting episode. Very little to do with Christmas. Very little to do with Christmas. A Ditch in Time is obviously a sort of witty pun on the saying A Stitch in Time saves nine, which I had to look up because it makes no sense. It just means a stitch on a dress means you don't have to do nine later. It means if you sort a problem immediately, it can save you time in the long run. I thought they so, could, have, could have come up with a more pun-related title. Well, th- at least they got a pun in there. Yeah. Some of these some of these titles, you know, not too punny. But this one suggests that something that happens at the beginning of an episode, if avoided, may have stopped the whole episode. So we'll find out how that plays out. Yeah. You know, we're going to encounter some uh, small issues which escalates, I guess. And I think that sets up a little bit of the theme of this episode. Should we have a look at the cold opening, James? I think so. It's a weird one. People mm. in Cheers are too open with each other. Is this about uh, Norm and his... Sperm. Well, I was going to say baby trying, but... Okay, <laughs> you take it away there, James. Potential children. That's a better way. So this has been an ongoing kind of conversation about Series 3. Norm, yeah. Norm and Vera are trying. Yeah. And it seems to be a, a similar conversation every time. They go, as the baby maker coming Norm, and Norm goes, no news, and they go, oh, and he goes, I hate my wife. <laughs> and that's kind of it. <laughs> this time he says... Did you, you want this cold open? <laughs> <laughs> this time he said, uh, I used to think that sleeping was the greatest pleasure you could have in bed. Now I'm sure of it. I was like, well, it's, and it was a cold opening, but it to be so cold. There was one, which was, um, one thing which I thought was very harsh. It was, and what's in that? Don't you like having sex with your wife? <laughs> We're not exactly what each other wants in a sexual partner, you know? Well, for example, she wishes I looked a little more like uh, Charles Bronson. And, uh, no, I wish she looked a little less like Charles Bronson. <laughs> there are two Charles Bronsons. I tried to figure out which one they were talking about, because one of them was played by Tom Hardy and had a big mustache. Well, I'm guessing it's the other one. The other one. <laughs> Yes, it was the actor from the 70s and 80s, not the insane fighty man. <laughs> the insane fighty man. Yeah. yeah, she was an actor from the 70s and 80s, not the most violent person in Britain. Yeah. <laughs> how the press has described him. Uh, it's, it just shows how these episodes age over time. <laughs> um, the references change at all. But the person who wrote that joke was uh, Ken Eston, the writer of the episode. Ah, okay, and directed by James Burroughs, I take it. Of course. Director of all jokes and shoes. <laughs> Once we step into the main part of this episode, we uh, we see Sam, and he's pouring a drink for a patron at the bar, and it is a, a woman called Amanda Boyer. Mm. He's doing a bit of charming with. He's trying to charm her. I think they use the term charmer socks off. She'd be going, my socks, where did they go? It must be all that charm. I don't know. He's like, where should we go? And she goes, somewhere where I don't need socks, because he's charmed them off. Ah, yeah. like the beach. Yeah, maybe, maybe a beach. <laughs> you don't need socks at the beach. <laughs> but she's there to meet a friend as well. Sam doesn't inquire who. Why Me? would you? Yeah, you don't need to know. They sort of arrange a date that they're going to have together. Then he finds out her friend is Diane. Ah. Uh-huh. But where do they know each other from? It's not academia. No, no. like all of other Diane's friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's from uh, her nervous... Vacation. Vacation, yeah. Which was at 
Golden Brook. Yeah, so we find out Amanda was also attending Golden Brook for having psychiatric help. Yeah, she was obsessive. Yeah, this this way it sort of plays into, I suppose, the pun of the episode, addiction time saves nine. And it's suggesting that Sam shouldn't go out with her because she gets quite obsessive over men, which Diane warns and Sam goes, you need to get over me, Diane. Try and play some games here. Not going to fall for it. Uh, You with your mind games. Get out of here. (laughs) Why did you do it in a cliff voice? (laughs) But Sam kind of pushes back uh, any of Diane's warnings and they, they go on some dates. On one date, actually. After that, Sam goes, yeah, no, not going to see her again because he's told that she was an outpatient of Goldenbrook and that she could be obsessive. But that does not go to plan. And Amanda brings her parents down. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about the actress who plays Amanda? Yeah, let's get into the cast. So we've got Carol Kane as Amanda. She also appeared in The Last Detail. Now She's a face that I recognise in quite a few things. Yeah. But uh, never, never really researched her before. I guess that's a, that's a weird thing to say. But uh, yeah, she's got she does quite a, quite a few sort of quirky. I think characters. I know where you recognised her from. Though it was maybe fifteen years later. When I say it, you'll go ah. I'll tell you some of these films. Yeah. In chronological order, mm-hmm. the last detail, mm. Dog Day Afternoon, mm-hmm. Annie Hall, yeah, the Muppet Movie, <gasps> no, yeah. not that. When a Stranger Calls, yeah. Laverne and Shirley, mm-hmm. Taxi, yeah. The Secret Diary of Sigmund Freud, mm-hmm. relevant to this role, I suppose. Scrooged. That is where I recognise her from. Adam's Family Values. That is where I recognise her from. Seinfeld, Chicago Hope, Two and a Half Men, Gotham, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and many others. And recently, Hunters. She's been in quite a broad range of things. Then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely recognised her from Scrooge and Adam's Family. That was it. She's the grand in Adam's yeah. Family, yeah. Yeah. David Wiley as Todd. He also appears in Chips, St. Elsewhere, Hill Street Blues, L.A. Law, Dallas, and Night Court, Night among Court, others. Yeah. I feel like uh, Night Court has got to be on my watching list. It's A lot of the cast have been in it. It's Harry Anderson, who I've loved in episodes before, but I've never watched Night Court. Who else was in this episode, Jim? Uh, Kate Williamson as Mona. She also appeared in Little House on the Prairie, Hill Street Blues, New Heart, Murder, She Wrote, Jag, and Home Improvement, among many others. And Larry Harpel returns as Larry. Todd and Mona mm. are, of course, uh, the parents of Amanda. And as you mentioned the parents, we in the second half of this episode, Amanda brings her parents to Cheers to meet her. Does she introduce Sam as like a fiancé? Does she say they're going to get married? She implies it. She says, this is the man. I'm, I'm... going to marry. That was yeah. Sam's like, he gets a bit anxious and he doesn't quite know what to do. He gets a bit stuck in the situation. Mm-hmm. I've got a few little tidbits about Amanda's character. Yeah. So I'm mentally unstable. In season one, Diane went out with the mentally unstable Andy. Played by Andy, Derek. Andy. Exactly. Played by Derek McGrath. Mm-hmm. Both Kane and McGrath yeah. appeared in The Last Detail. Okay. They were in it together. Playing the same characters. I you only hope so. <laughs> Frazier, surprisingly, not in this episode, but we do get a good pun about where he is. Where is he? Diane mentions that Frazier is at a nerve-ending symposium, ah. which is funny, and I'll tell you for why. A nerve-ending is a neurological mm. term, but it also means, like, a synonym for boring. Oh. So it's a play on words. <laughs> ah. Uh, <laughs> Should I save that for a title of an episode? 
So, uh, yeah, as, as you mentioned, Diane finally tells Sam that she knows Amanda from Golden Brook. Sam gets a bit bit jittery from there, uh, and he finds out that Amanda is obsessive. He then finds that she's brought her parents to the bar, and Sam finds himself a bit stuck in the situation, and he doesn't quite know how to get out. He tries talking to Amanda, and Amanda kind of breaks down a bit. Mm. She tries to put a lot of, sort of guilt on him, I guess, and Sam is sort of responsive to it, and they arrange another date, I think. He's a bit trapped in the situation, and... The parents love Sam, you know. Ex-baseball player, he owns a bar, and they make their daughter happy. Mm. What what happens next after this, James? They all go into Sam's office, Mm. Sam, Diane, and Amanda. And Diane reveals to Amanda that Sam is the person that made her want to go to Goldenbrook. But she, uh, during her, like, therapy sessions, she uses a false name to describe Sam. And she kind of goes to Amanda, this is that person. And Amanda's like... (gasps) Actually, forget the whole thing. <laughs> Ray, Ray panically kind of runs runs away. And I'm not sure really how Sam takes that. Yeah, and he goes, what What did you say to them? And then they argue about their relationship yeah. and where it went wrong. But there's some real nice quotes in there. Diane tells Sam what she said mm. about him in Goldenbrook, including a reference to season two, episode 18, Snow Job. Mm-hmm. And the time you lied about a relative dying so you could go skiing and debauching with your buddies? You still don't see the humor in that? <laughs> uh, they reconcile a bit. Sam tells Diane he had some of the best times of his life with her. Mm. She tells him that was the nicest thing he had ever said to her. Then she leaves the office so he doesn't say something stupid and ruin it. And he goes, I wasn't going to ruin it. I wasn't going to ruin it. And she goes, no, no, Sam, no, no. And leaves. And a few seconds pass by and he goes, oh, that, yeah, that would have ruined it. It's, uh, it's quite a nice ending to the episode, actually. For what the plot was, and they could have gone very wrong with it, they, I think with a plot like this, there were times where I was worried it would go into an area that would not have aged mm. well at all and would have just been cruel. Mm. But with the way they ended it, they managed to turn it into this quite sweet moment mm. between Sam and Diane. I think Sam says as well that he has he never tried hard with anyone else, but he does have his blind spots and he's sorry for them, which I think was quite a nice thing. Cause a lot of sort of bad stuff happened throughout series two, really. Yeah. And it sort of, he acknowledged it and apologised for it. I don't think Diane does the same. And I think they're both kind of equal on it, really. But it was a nice moment to sort of have a bit of reflection on that, especially, like you say, with the reference to Sam going on a, or lying about a dead relative to go on a ski trip. Ski trip. With the lads. It was nice to have some kind of, I know it's not the closure from it, because uh, it will continue, but it was nice to have that kind of uh, moment which made them sort of reflect on their time together and acknowledge that it was some of the best time of their lives. The trivia's arrived, James, and uh, we've got some lovely questions today. I'll, uh, I'll kick it off because I've got a, a question I'm pretty sure you know the answer to. Norm says that Vera wishes he looked like someone. Who was it? <laughs> uh, Charles Bronson. I had a feeling you were going to get not that. The, uh, not the killer. Well, we, we don't know. Could be. It could be, but I think it's more likely the actor. <laughs> yeah, but probably the more uh, likely option. And he wishes that she looked a little less like it. Another question about Norm. What drink does Norm order in the cold open? Or what does Norm say when uh, he arrives? I mean, I, I was going to go, a beer. But what's the line given to him? What does Coach say? I assume, what will you have, Norm? Something with suds. I'll let you know what yeah. he says. He says, a 1929 Lafitte Rothschild or a beer, what everyone else is having. Yeah, see, I was right, a beer. <laughs> I was right. What is a 1929 Lafitte Rothschild? What is that? A fancy wine. If in doubt, it's probably a fancy (laughs) one. 
This next question is related to Norm and Vera's pursuit of a child. Hmm. They've started drawing up a list of names, um, and there's some lovely conversations going on about what names would be great for children. What names are come up in the conversation? Zeus. Zeus is in there. Ernesto or Ernie? Ernie's in there. Sam. Sam. Norm Jr. And I can't remember Larry. Who is. is Larry in there? I know Cliff isn't. Cliff isn't. <laughs> uh, Nick is in there as well, as a strong oh, name. Yes. Toby's mentioned as well. And Carla kind of goes... Toby? Why don't you just name him Precious or Pumpkin Pie and be done with it? Isn't the baby from Labyrinth called Toby? I haven't watched Labyrinth, James. <laughs> Why are you asking me? I've not seen this one. I think the baby from Labyrinth is called Toby. I think the actor is the uh, art designer for The Dark Crystal. Oh, yes. I, I, Age of Resistance. Yeah, Because yeah. it's... Uh, the son, son. Of, of the art. And they kept it in the family. Yeah. It's a very loose, tangible fact. It's just yeah. interesting. I, it's got nothing to do with Cheers. <laughs> it's the 80s. <laughs> How many different speeches does Sam have for dumping women? Three. Six. Does he, does he mention what any of them are? Cliff does, but I've forgotten. Oh. Yeah. Uh, in, in this... Uh, episode as well this is another question related to names um someone in the bar is really good at coming up with names and they gave coach the nickname coach but coach thought that he got his nickname for a different reason other than the fact he's a coach why did he think he had the nickname coach because he never flew first class yeah <laughs> which i love <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of his other nickname red red you read a book once yeah rather than the he had red hair <laughs> which he did not really i go by many names <laughs> Two of them are coach. <laughs> Another one about names. Mm -hmm. What pseudonym did Diane use for Sam in the group sessions? This is the thing. I even in the episode said I forgot about this. Was it like a Robert? It is like Robert. And Richie Ra. I think I think it was like a Ra. Yeah. But I can't think of a Robbie. No. No. Ra. Berto. <laughs> Robin. No. Raw. Do, do you want me to? Yeah, to, go for it. Ralph. Ralph. It wasn't a raw. It was a ra. But yeah, Sam was Ralph. Never be a Ralph. Unless you are Ralph. <laughs> if you're Ralph, then it's fine. I don't think I know any Ralphs. No, I don't either. I know of Ralph. I feel it's a bit of like a, a fictional name, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a Toby as well. <laughs> do you know a Toby? I know a Tobias. Did they go by Toby? No. That was a nice episode, James. And as we approach the end of the episode, let's have a think. What, what was that drink you said Norm wanted to order? A uh, 1929 Lafitte Rothschild. Should we get two of them? Yeah, two, two of them. We'll get two of them. Yeah. <laughs> they sound rare. Let's get two. <laughs> Can we get a basket of them? <laughs> Half a carafe of them, please. Yeah, I think this was an interesting episode. I think it's like you said, it kind of weighed into some potentially rocky ground but i think how they ended it took it back a bit and it made it all right and made it quite an enjoyable episode to see this sort of final bit of the episode of sam and diane coming together and acknowledging some of their past issues yes i couldn't agree more now that we're about halfway through mm. season three it's good to see that aspect of reconciliation do you know what i think as well it's it i'm gonna i'm gonna reference the marvel cinematic universe James. it feels like uh we've kind of you know like the first batch of films phase didn't, one phase one didn't really connect no but now we're like we're getting references to golden brook we're getting references to episode snow job with that 
thing, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a, a reliance on knowing the characters a bit more mm-hmm. in order to understand the episodes. So mm-hmm. I'd say we're in like maybe phase two, you know. There's some crossovers going on. You need to have some prior knowledge of the program in order to appreciate it. I agree. Yeah. And uh, with that in mind, I look forward to our future episodes. So what, what do you reckon we should raise our bottles of that fancy drink? <laughs> like 1929. No, the Feet of Rothschild. Yeah, two of them. Thank you for listening to When Nobody Knows Your Name. Uh, this has been a Cheers Podcast. Cheers, James. Cheers. Cheers.